We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. It is roster cut day. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. The 49ers just a couple hours ago released their initial 53-man roster. Don't call it a final 53-man roster or uh, you will incur the wrath of beat writers and national NFL writers uh, across the Twitter scape. Chris, you're not here yet. Um, so we're going to run through that. A couple surprises, not a ton, but definitely a few we're talking about. And um, as Chris reported on Twitter, Jimmy Garoppolo did in fact make the final roster. So we will, uh, we will discuss the quarterback situation as well and enjoy. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him, and he'll sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. There's not a lot of things in my life more difficult on a day-to-day basis than figuring out how to transition out of the intro and into the show. It's like, enjoy. Yeah, like, that's, please that's hate fair. It. I, that's fair. Um, I can see it. If I wrote it down, it would probably do me better, but you know, then it would sound weird. It would sound rehearsed and robotic. Yeah, we're trying to make and, this as natural as possible, obviously. Right. I'm, I'm more about the authenticity and weirdly transitioning between topics is authentic to me. Sure. Like I don't know the how other to transition day, to that from that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the other day, you and and Nick, uh, Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member, we have a little group chat where we'll talk about some Niner stuff. And um, you guys were talking about something relatively serious. I forget exactly what it was. And I didn't respond but by the time i jumped in it was like 40 minutes later and i was having a really good cup of coffee with this new coffee i was trying and i was gonna say man this new coffee's great but it didn't quite fit with what you guys had been talking about and i felt like that transition was gonna not work so i didn't say anything yeah that's fair that's that's my roundabout way of saying i tried a new coffee and it was really good that's that's really (laughs) exciting i'm happy for you let's talk (laughs) let's talk about the roster 
Speaking of coffee, no Glenn coffee on this year's roster for the 49ers. Oh, oh, nice. Good reference. Yeah, thank you. So let's, I guess, we'll just go down. Um, we'll, do you want to go position? We should, should have talked about this before. Do you want to go position by position and just kind of uh, do a quick breakdown? Or do you want to just do like, hey, what were the surprises that stuck out to you? I thought it would be fun to go position by position and just give thoughts on each one. Yeah. So why don't we just real quick go through all the guys who have been waived or released? Um, sure. And then go position by position. That's great. We definitely should have worked this out beforehand, but it's yeah, fun. no, no problem. It's, it's more authentic this way. So the guys who were released, uh, Travis Benjamin receiver, offensive lineman, Jake Brendel, haha, Clinton Dix, the safety running back, Wayne Gallman, cornerback, Dante Johnson, offensive lineman, Senio Calamente, tight end, Jordan Matthews, tight end, Michael Pruitt, quarterback, Nate Sudfeld, defensive lineman, Eddie Yarbrough, uh, defensive lineman, Alex Barrett, wide receiver, River Craycraft, defensive lineman, Darian Daniels, offensive lineman, Alfredo Gutierrez, the international pathways player, um, mm-hmm. linebacker, Justin Hilliard, fullback, Josh Hokett, offensive lineman, Corbin Kafusi, safety, Jared Maiden, offensive lineman, Colton McKivitz, probably the biggest surprise I would, I would think among the, among the cuts, um, cornerback, Alexander Myers, offensive lineman, Dakota Shepley, linebacker, Elijah Sullivan and receiver symbol Webster. Jordan Willis suspended uh, Tervarius Moore and Jeff Wilson Jr. go on pup. So they are eligible to return this season. Um, Sean Coleman goes to IR. He is not eligible to return with right. a triceps injury. He opted out last season, had a bad ankle injury in 2019. Um, so suffice to say, I don't know what his career prognosis is looking forward, but it's probably not. Not great, but we do have a 53 man roster with, with a couple interesting developments, I would say. Yeah. Just as you were going through those names, there were several that I had on at least my 53 man roster projection, uh, that, that got cut. So let's go through each position and, and we'll, we'll get to each of each of those as we, as we go through. And we'll start with quarterback, where the Niners keep two quarterbacks. It's Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I don't think there's any surprises there. Nate Sudfeld gets released. Do you think that there's this has anything to do? Because typically the Niners have rostered with Kyle Shanahan. They've rostered three quarterbacks. Is this a matter of having confidence in both Garoppolo and Lance? Or is it just a matter of needing numbers elsewhere and Sudfeld the third quarterback became expendable. Yeah, I think it's about needing numbers elsewhere. And and look, the 49ers to this point have not had two quarterbacks of this caliber since Kyle Shanahan took over, right? You have a, a quarterback who's and a you know pretty highly thought of in Jimmy in Jimmy Garoppolo, a veteran who the team who helped the team get to the Super Bowl two years ago, and then the number three overall pick in Trey Lance. They haven't had that situation before. It's sort of been like a um quasi competition between CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins for that second and third spot. And given Garoppolo's injury history, it made sense to have two guys behind him. And now that you have Lance, you, you really only need one. What I thought was interesting in releasing Sudfeld is it, is it makes it very clear that Trey Lance is going to be active week one, unless something, unless something changes and maybe Nate Sudfeld um, ends up back on the roster before week one, given that Trey Lance chipped a finger um, on Sunday against the Raiders, it's a very small one, and the 49ers said he'll, be, he'll only be out a week. But to me, the fact that Sudfeld is not on the initial roster indicates that their confident Lance is going to be able to play or at least suit up. And so what will be interesting to see, and we'll talk about this before the Lions game, 
as it comes, but um, it might be that the finger prevents Trey Lance from playing maybe as much as Kyle Shanahan hoped. So all of the talk yeah. that, <laughs> that there's been about how much Trey Lance will, will play in this quarterback rotation that, that Kyle Shanahan seems to be planning, it might be moot because the finger might keep Lance from practicing and throwing, which would make it very clearly Jimmy Garoppolo's, uh, you know, he, he would play 100% of the snaps. Or even if Lance is ready by week one, like ready to play by that Sunday, the 12th, if he didn't practice the first two days of the week and maybe got a, you know, light practice in Wednesday, we talked about it after, after Sunday's game. That's not going to be something that Shanahan's just going to do on the fly. They're going to want to have worked on it and practiced it and gotten reps in with specific plays or packages. And if Lance isn't able to take snaps and work on those things, I imagine it dramatically decreases the number of just the number of things that they would do in a game. They might still use him on, on things he's worked on before, but um, if they're not practicing it, I can't imagine that they're going to be super easy, eager to do anything in a game even if he's fully healthy. Right. And Nate Sudfeld's probably going to end up on the practice squad um, where you can bring him up and down really. Right. I mean, he'll have to go through waivers obviously, but uh, I don't think that's, that's going to be too big of an issue. I don't think teams are dying to get a quarterback who completed four of seven passes in the preseason um, onto their roster, right? Like team teams typically yeah. have two and three quarterbacks at this point. So Sudfeld's Sudfeld's likely not going anywhere else. Yeah, I don't think too many teams are, are clamoring for the services of, of one Nate Sudfeld. <clears throat> um, moving on to running back, you got yeah. anything else on the quarterbacks? I don't, I don't have much else No, uh, on the QBs. It'll be something, like you said, that we talk about a lot going into week one, though. Uh, running backs, it's four. We'll do fullbacks separate. I know that your your uh, chart that you put up, the, the spreadsheet that you worked so hard on, um, I know you put that on Twitter and you have Kyle Juszczyk in as a running back and it momentarily made me panic that there were five names there and I thought I missed something but we're going to do them separately we're going to do running backs and then fullback um so Raheem Mostert Trey Sermon Jamichael Hasty, Elijah Mitchell are the four running backs Wayne Gallman gets cut how big of a surprise is it because I I, I want you'd answer because I can't like I, I watched preseason but you're there at all the practices you've seen Wayne Gallman Jamichael Hasty in practice is it a surprise that that Gallman was cut or is this something that you kind of saw coming no it's not entirely surprising I, I think the case for keeping Gallman was you know like Hasty has more juice right like he's a more explosive yeah, runner right. you can see that in the preseason games but Wayne Gallman is sort of like the the trusted vet Right. He's somebody that, OK, if you're dealing with injuries, you know, Wayne Gallman can handle his responsibilities. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can pass protect a little bit um, and would be a, probably a little bit better in those ancillary running back areas than than Jamichael Hasty. But I mean, it's not surprising. I, I've, I thought basically throughout training camp until the last week that Hasty was a better player than Gallman. And I just had Gallman on my initial 53-man projection I put out on Friday because I just thought, okay, you you have young guys in Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, and then you could add Wade and Gallman as sort of like a veteran in case you deal with injuries to anybody. But 
Um, no, it's not entirely surprising to me. Uh, I think Hasty's an interesting player, probably a third down type back. I think, you know, I'm really interested to see what Elijah Mitchell's like because he he's had some really good practices, some really good runs. You could tell he's a he's a really physical back, but he also has really good speed and he's pretty explosive. Mm-hmm. So I, I do wonder what he looks like in a regular season setting compared to the limited amount of snaps he got in the preseason because of that abductor injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no surprise here, really, for me. Um, I did think Casey yeah. versus Gallman was an interesting decision, but that could have gone either way. And I'm, I'm expecting Gallman to be on the practice squad. Because again, like Sudfeld, I don't. I think there are enough running backs around that teams aren't going to be, um, you know, signing Wayne Gallman away from the 49ers off waivers, or even if they did, the 49ers would probably be able to bring somebody in on, on you know, who's pretty similar caliber to Gallman. So, um, not a right. huge deal either way when you're talking about your fifth halfback. The good news for the 49ers is the Seahawks already have five running backs on their roster, so he should be safe. From from Seattle. (laughs) The other thing with Elijah Mitchell that got brought up a lot today with just with how the receiver depth chart shook out. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but Mitchell can also return kicks. Yes. Which is not something that the 49ers have necessarily on their roster on the initial roster that could, that could change in the coming days. Yeah. But but on their initial roster, he's not experienced at returning punts. Right. He can return kicks, but he's never really done punts. And he hasn't right. really, he wasn't even a part of a group that was practicing that. So that's a good Brandon segue Ayuk into receivers. Punts. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk's a fullback. No surprise oh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Josh Hokett did not make the team. Apparently, yeah. Josh or uh, David Lombardi of The Athletic. Um, that. Kyle Juszczyk tweeted out uh, the gif of like the little kid warming his arm up indicating he might be the uh, the third string quarterback since they only have two. So worth keeping in mind. He wasn't dissing Cam Newton. Did you see that hilarious joke that only 4 million people made today? <laughs> that Mac I, Jones I was the little kid. Mac Jones was the little kid from that commercial. Right, right. For because sure. he said one day he was going to take Cam Newton's job. Mm-hmm. And legitimately, like, if I saw that tweet once, I saw it 50 times. Can we after Cam uh, was released? This, like, this yeah, we get like just retweet someone else's joke. You don't have to. Can, can we like slow down on the oh my god, maybe the 49ers screwed up and not taking Mac Jones thing that I've yeah, it's a se- I I've, think it's a separate episode. Yeah, I've seen that floating around. It's like, all right, he beat out Cam Newton and he earned the starting job on a team that definitely should have made him the starter. So like, yes, he's where he should be. And he played well in the preseason and like, that's all fine, but let's not get all revisionist history about the 49ers draft pick at number three. Just not yet. yet. Let's see. Not him yet. Play, let's see him play like a regular season game. Maybe. And maybe, maybe he'll be great, but I'm with you every maybe year. We go into the two. preseason. Yeah. Hey, don't overreact to preseason. And then sure enough, every <laughs> damn time. It's just preseason overreactions. It's like, relax. Like you said, if he's doing this, if they're eight and oh, and Mac Jones has 2,500 passing yards in eight games and 20 touchdowns and two picks and Trey Lance hasn't been able to get on the field very much. Okay. Then it's like, Oh boy, like yikes. That's not a great start, but it, it's a three to four year process. So let, let it all play out before you, before you, uh, you can workshop takes now, but before unleashing those, just give it time. Yeah. Wide receivers. 
Yes. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel both made the team. I think both of us had that in our in our 53-man projections. Trent Sherfield, Muhammad Sanu, Jalen Hurd, and Jawan Jennings mm-hmm. both made the team. I was kind of under the impression it was going to be one or the other on those guys. And when it became clear after Sunday's game that Jalen Hurd was uh, probably going to make the team, I had taken Jawan Jennings off. But they elected not to go with Symbol Webster or Travis Benjamin, which is where I know I was. And, and I think a lot of other people were when you were projecting the 53 man. It's like, all right, who's going to return kicks? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the five receivers with a return man who's also a receiver. And yeah. it turns out they cut Benjamin and Webster and and went with Juwan Jennings. So they kept six receivers, none of whom returned kicks. Well, so Brandon Ayuk right now would be the only option really on the team to return punts. Punts, right. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's fine. Like if you if you're comfortable with Brandon Ayuk, who did it very I think he caught one or two in the preseason. Um, if you're comfortable with potentially your number one receiver who's coming off a hamstring injury returning punts, then that's fine. I, I'm thinking that once Maurice Hurst, who made the team at defensive tackle, once he gets put on IR, that's going to open up a roster spot. And I would assume that's going to open up the spot for the punt return specialist. Right. Um, and maybe it doesn't, yeah. but I, I would think, you know, like you would like to have Brandon Ayuk maybe in your back pocket as a, as a punt return man, if right. you're like down by a score in the fourth quarter and, and the other team's punting the ball back to you, like it would make sense to throw Brandon Ayuk back there. I personally wouldn't throw him back there every single time. I think that would be a big mistake, particularly given that you're a team that deals with injuries a lot and you really exactly. just can't afford your number one receiver potentially to go down. It would be wild to spend your whole offseason doing everything possible to make sure you're adding healthy players to the roster. Mm-hmm. And then at a position where you're relatively thin, throwing that player out there to get hit extra times. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there's Seems a possibility reckless. that the 49ers enter week one with seven receivers, and then they'll probably only have five or six up right. um, uh, among the active 47 on, on game day. But so, yeah, I, there's there's a decent chance that Webster or Benjamin comes back um, before week one to, to handle the punts and, and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you. I thought it would be Hurd or Jennings, not both. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it would be Webster or Benjamin, but it ended up being Hurd and Jennings. And then both those guys got cut. So kind of a mild surprise. Um, you know, Mohamed Sanu had a really good start to camp, sort of slowed down. But I think it was it was clear he's still somebody that's um, in significantly better physical shape than he was last year after that uh, ankle surgery he had in the spring. Trent Sherfield mm-hmm. might end up being the, the number three guy. And he's I mean, he made some really great catches throughout the preseason and training camp and he was probably the most consistent receiver just on the roster full stop um so i'm interested to see what surefield contributes during the regular season but um they really like Jawan jennings and you know like i i get it i i see it with him but mm-hmm. um there was a lot of clamoring like oh my god you have to keep Jawan jennings it's like all right like what we know about Jawan jennings is he's physical and he likes to block and he played in one preseason game, or I guess two preseason games. He dropped a touchdown on Sunday. Um, yeah, but those tunnel screens, though. Yeah, he ran a couple tunnel screens. He basically missed all of last year with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, so people, <laughs> I can't believe you'd pick 
herd over Jennings. Herd's hurt all the time. It's not it's not like Jennings has been a picture of health either because he right. he, had, he didn't play in the Chargers game because of a heel injury. Um, so yeah, there's that. But it's you know that we're talking about guys at this point who probably aren't going to be active on game day unless there's an injury. So right. I'm fine with them keeping Juwan Jennings. I think it makes sense. I think he adds size and physicality, and he's sort of your Jalen Hurd insurance, if you will. Yeah. Which, which I think is is logical. Two Tennessee guys, two Vols. There you go. Who, per source, they hate each other. Is that true? No. I'm Are not. you reporting that? I'm not reporting that. Okay. No. Is this just something not. you've heard? Um. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's okay. that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um. No. Uh, trouble in paradise. No. J- uh. Jawan Jennings is very much a like. I want to win at all times, and we'll fight about it. And there were times at Tennessee where Jalen Hurd was not like that. And then he transferred to Baylor. So um, that not reporting that I'm guessing. There are, there are murmurs of a not so great um, Jalen Hurd being in not so great standing among those at the Tennessee program. Sure. Put it that way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyways, tight ends. awkward transitions. The <laughs> <laughs> theme of the day. Uh, tight ends. Any surprise they kept three. It was George Kittle, Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, Michael Pruitt gets let go. Jordan Matthews gets let go. Seems like one or both of them could wind up back on the practice squad. Yeah. Not really a huge surprise though, because as you started putting numbers together and figuring out who needed what positions needed help and, and all that, it just, it became really hard to keep a fourth tight end. Yeah. I, I thought Michael Pruitt would make it. I, I never really thought Jordan Matthews had much of a chance, but I thought right. Pruitt could make it just because he would be sort of that Logan Paulson, um, Garrett Selleck. Logan Paulson. Wow. Yeah, like the the blocking specialist because they they've typically had four, 
Right. Um, so to have three is a, is a little bit of a surprise, particularly considering how much they, they want to run the ball. I, I would think this year. So yeah, a little bit of a surprise, but kitty, kitty, Kittle, Dwelly and, and Warner, um, making the team make sense. I, I, I don't know how much Charlie Warner is going to contribute. I, I would assume he's going to be a special teams guy and a blocking guy. I don't think he's going to get a, a whole ton of targets, but um, yeah, three guys. We'll see. Yep. I think George Kittle is going to start your thoughts. Same. Same. Friend of the pod. <laughs> Friend of the pod, George Kittle. Uh, offensive line, they only kept eight. It's the the starters, Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack. Daniel Brunskill, very likely the starting right guard. Uh, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. Aaron Banks, the second-round pick from this year. Jalen Moore, the fifth-round pick this year. And then I had those seven along with Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz was waived yep. uh, last year's fifth-round pick. Fourth-round pick. Fifth-round pick. Fifth-round. Mm, yeah, fifth. fifth. Last year's day three pick. <laughs> Col- Colton McKivitz, uh, he was waived. Instead, the 49ers kept veteran Tom Compton. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise to me. I'm I'm not 100% sure that Tom Compton is a guy you want uh, playing a ton of snaps in, in an NFL game at this point in his career, whereas I thought they might let McKivitz get in and try and, and try and grow in a in a reserve role. Uh, alas, Compton makes the roster and McKivitz did not. That was the only real surprise at this spot for me. Yeah. I would I would agree. And and they sort of talk very positively about McKivitz throughout his whole time, even though he hasn't he hasn't played very much, but they liked him because he had tackle and guard versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, Compton played tackle. He played right tackle with the second unit throughout uh, training camp in the preseason. I wouldn't say he distinguished himself positively <laughs> in that role. So we'll have to see. I mean, I I I am concerned I, I would be concerned about the 49ers depth along the offensive line um but very few teams have an awesome eighth lineman and so ultimately right. like the the important thing here is that the two rookies Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks um prove to be serviceable and I'm I know you know it's probably asking a lot of to move Jalen Moore from t- tackle and presumably the swing tackle role to inside but I think in, in terms of fielding your best five offensive linemen, I think Jalen Moore is better than Daniel Brunskill. And I think Daniel Brunskill has proven he could be a swing tackle um, as he was in 2019 when he was sort of that utility guy. Right. Uh, so I do wonder if at some point during the season, Jalen Moore is going to get that right, that starting right guard job. It might not be week one, but you know, give him a month or two, some practice time. Right. Um, I think he's better than Brunskill and it, it would just depend on how quickly he can make that transition if the 49ers are interested in doing that. Right. Um, but I mean, and Aaron Banks, he he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He hasn't played since early August. I guess the jury's the jury's out. Right. Like, right. I think so far it's hard to be super encouraged with what you've seen from the second round pick. Um, but that said, there's still plenty of time for him to grow. And, and you would hope too that if and when he does get healthy, that he would also be a guy who could compete for that starting right guard spot. But for right now, I think Jalen Moore is a better shot and we'll just have to see. But I think those five that you mentioned are, are going to be the starters on, on week one. How do you think they make up for the loss of a bona fide dirt dog? 
Great question. I don't know. I don't know if there 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 is replacing a bona fide dirt dog like that in Colton McKibbins. The the bit there is that on the NFL just NFL.com draft profile for Colton McKivitz, uh Lance Zerline, who does the strengths and weaknesses and all that. Strengths for McKivitz, the second one down is bona fide dirt dog with chippy demeanor, which is a hilarious thing to call somebody. Yeah, I mean he's not just a dirt dog, he's a bona fide one. Bona fide, yeah. He's not a half-ass, you know, questionable dirt dog. Right. A key differentiator. <laughs> He, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got in this dirt dog world. He's, he's got, <laughs> he's got dirt dog bona fides, if I may. Let's, let's jump onto the, it's bona fide. It's the like, you know, there's bona fide, but then you say that person's bona fides, sure, like plural of bona fide. Anyway, anyways, right. uh, defensive line moving on. 11 defensive linemen. And when we did our pod where we talked about the defensive line, you were like, I've got 11. And I was like, you're insane. That's too many. And it turns out that's how many they kept. Uh, so yep. it's Nick Bosa, D Ford, Samson Ebukam, our, uh, Javon Kinlaw, um, Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, Maurice Hurst, who we'll talk about here in a second. Kevin Givens, Kentavia street, who had a really nice preseason. Zach Kerr, Arden Key are the are the defensive linemen. But it sounds like Maurice Hurst might go on short-term IR with a high ankle sprain, which could clear up a roster spot for you know some of the guys we were talking about earlier who could come back. Yeah. Um, no real surprises. I, I think it's very clear that this is their deepest position. Uh, they yeah. have all those like guys. By are, design. Yeah, by design for sure. All those guys are actual NFL players. I think you can make the case that they didn't have a ton of NFL players at other spots, i.e. offensive line. I, I think they I think they probably only have like six and a half NFL players along the offensive line right now. Six um, and a half. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't a, isn't a ringing endorsement for Tom Compton and currently Aaron Banks being hurt, obviously, you know, is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, these guys are all NFL players and I think they're going to rotate a lot. A lot of these guys are going to be up but they are only going to have 10 defensive linemen most likely when, when uh, the regular season starts, because as you mentioned, Mohurst is probably going to go on IR in the coming days, opening up a roster spot for them to bring somebody else back. But um, the guy that I think could really make a leap this year is Contavious street. Hmm. And he just had a really good camp. He was just a terror for the offensive, the offensive line to block in individual drills. And I thought he played well in team periods um really good dude finally healthy this is his first healthy offseason he's had since coming into the league right i think he came in in 2018 as a fourth round pick somebody that could have been a, a second or third round pick had he come out healthy he played opposite um who did he play oh uh bradley chubb at yes. at nc state and uh so he's he's healthy he's kicked inside full time now he was sort of that big end um previously but he's added some weight he's he's probably one of their strongest guys just on the roster just in terms of like weight room strength and i know there's there's there are the viral videos of him weightlifting in college that you can go look like up squatting like 700 pounds yeah yeah also like it's one of the just nicest... an absurd amount of weight yeah yeah and <laughs> i one think of the if i was guys... that go ahead no just one of the nicest guys on the team too as an aside 
I think if I was that strong, I would also be super nice. <laughs> Fair. Um, it's always good to be nice, but um, yeah, I, it's a it's a good group, and you do have a little bit of depth in case of injuries. Uh, where I do wonder about the depth, though, is like defensive end. Sure. And, and so you know, like Osa coming off the ACL, D Ford coming off the back, Ebu Cam making the position switch. I think he looked pretty good in the preseason and I think he might be an underrated addition from the offseason. Mm-hmm. I if they're in a position where they have to count on Arden Key to like play a lot, I think that's going to be real problematic, but in, if too. he's your fourth defensive end who may or may not even be active on game days, I think that's fine. Um Eric Armstead could also play defensive end obviously. So yeah, I, I think this is definitely the strength of the team. And if the defensive line plays like the 49ers hope it will, it's going to make up for maybe some uh, some questions you have about the secondary, whether it's experience exactly. or injuries or depth or, or whatever. Um, I, I think it's a pretty strong group. And if Javon Kinlaw takes a leap, um, then, you know, you're talking about a potential top 10 defense, maybe turning into a top five defense. We'll have to see. I haven't been overly impressed with Kinlan. He's missed some time with injuries, but um, easily the the deepest group on the roster, and that that reflects by by the numbers. The fact that they have eleven, and I think the next <laughs> the offensive they they have eight offensive linemen and eleven defensive linemen. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, if they if they could outside of quarterback because it's the most important position on the field, but outside of quarterback, if they could pick a unit on the team to stay healthy it would be their defensive line because if their defensive line is is really good then it's going to spearhead a really good defense again yeah i, like I think i think we kind of saw that last year if nick bose is an all pro or has that type of season then their defense should be really good yep uh speaking of their defense being really good the linebackers it's fred warner dre greenlaw aziz al shire demetrius flanagan Foles. And Marcel Harris, the converted strong safety, he makes the switch to linebacker, makes the roster in his first year as a linebacker. I think partially as a linebacker, but also as a potential, you know, in a pinch can play strong safety and also contributes a lot on special teams. A valuable player from that standpoint. The surprise here was, well, some people saw it coming, was Jonas Griffith, the second-year undrafted free agent, Indiana State's finest athlete ever. Um, he got traded to the Broncos along with a 2022 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2022 sixth and a 2023 seventh, I think is right. A pair of late-round picks. Uh, so Jonas Griffith now with the Broncos. He was a player who it looked like was going to be on the roster just after a really good preseason where it was hard not to notice him. Yeah, he spent the majority of camp as a second-team Mike. And so what the reason why one of the reasons why I had him making the team was that he could help on special teams, but also because, you know, you're not going to have Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or Marcel Harris play Mike ever. Right. Those those guys are both former strong safeties. I mean, I I guess they could do it, but they're certainly not your natural middle linebacker. Fortunately for the 49ers, Fred Warner's never missed a game. I don't know if he's ever missed a snap. Um so you don't really have to worry about that. And then I would assume Dre Greenlaw and Al Shire could also play uh, Mike if needed. So you, you're probably not going to have to dip into Fowser, Flanagan, Fowser, Harris at Mike. Um, but I, I had, I had um, Griffith making it as, as sort of that backup Mike, but 
it makes sense. I guess if you can turn an undrafted guy into uh, basically it's a six round pick, I think they pick swap seventh round picks in over the next two years and the Niners get this, the extra sixth um, from, from Denver. So it's not a huge trade, but it's good business if you can turn a former undrafted free agent into a draft pick. So um, yeah. I get it. Uh, not, you know, keeping five linebackers makes sense for a four, three, obviously. Um, so I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good group. And Dre Greenlaw has been a little bit nicked up. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see with him. I think he's dealing with a hip injury right now. I know he had an, he had an elbow thing, uh, earlier this month, but, um, Greenlaw could be one of the guys on defense too, who, who takes a pretty considerable jump after, after two really good seasons to start his career. What the 49ers have done at linebacker is really interesting to me. And maybe I can find a defensive person to get on and talk scheme stuff a little bit, but Fred Warner played safety a little bit in college. Uh, Marcel Harris was a safety. Demetrius Flanagan Foles was a safety. And they've kind of just taken, they've made athleticism the kind of uh, premium thing at linebacker more than size, more than, you know, getting downhill and, and being a bruiser in the run game. They can, you get sideline to sideline and can you cover multiple positions when a receiver, uh, you know, comes out of the slot and goes across the middle or uh, if it's a running back or a tight end. And that's part of why they've been so successful because you can have Dre Greenlaw run with a receiver over the middle. There's, there's his highlight that comes up from time to time of, Fred Warner running with Marquise Brown across the middle from the, from the Ravens. So being able to control the middle of the field in the era of the kind of short passing game is, is a big deal. And I think we're going to kind of continue seeing the 49ers do that, where they sacrifice some size in the second level for that athleticism, because it's going to come in handy much more often than it's going to work against you. Yeah. And you understand I mean, in, in retrospect, you understand why the 49ers moved on from Navarro Bowman like they did, right? Right. Because of the style of linebacker that that they're looking at, which was not Bowman at that point in his career in 2017. Right. At that point of his career, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was earlier for sure. But just, you know, given all the injuries and stuff, he couldn't really run and cover like the 49ers needed based on their scheme. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's very interesting that they have two former safeties there in uh, Harris and Flanagan fouls. So um athletic group and uh and their front seven should be really good yeah i think it's gonna continue to be the case for sure let's talk about the secondary now where they kept uh, at cornerback we'll do first jason verrett and emmanuel mosley k1 williams those are the very likely to be the three starters diamador lenore who had a nice camp he was the fifth round pick from oregon uh, third round pick from Michigan, Ambry Thomas. And then the surprise here was Devontae Harris making the club. Mm-hmm. He was a player that I'm not going to lie. When you do a 53-man projection, like you, you do them, I, I follow your method where you do it in a spreadsheet and you line everybody up and you have all the names there and then you color code them and all that. Harris was just a player that I didn't even like think about. Like yeah. even Alexander Myers, who was let go, had a really nice game against the Raiders on Sunday. I was kind of like, hmm, nah, nah. With Harris, it was just market red move on. I thought there was no chance. What's interesting and now he's on the team. He's I don't know what the injury was, but he was 
he's missed practice like the last week and he didn't play in the Raiders game. Um, and so I just sort of like you, I, I wrote him off. Um, and they signed him late in camp. They claimed him off waivers. So when you that, get somebody sorry, claimed off waivers, That's when right. you get somebody off waivers, it's not like you're signing him off the street necessarily. It's like, all right, he's right. an actual guy that, that you sort of like that you have interest in, or you had interest in at some point. Um, so, you know, for me, I thought this would be Dante Johnson and I thought that be, and, and it sort of crystallized for me that it would have been Dante Johnson these last couple of weeks because he was getting, um, a lot of reps with the starters in practice when Jason Verrett was out and he's, he missed a little bit of time with, uh, plantar fasciitis, which is not ideal, obviously, um, mm-hmm. especially for somebody with Verrett's injury history, but you know, uh, that, that'll certainly be worth monitoring. Emmanuel Mosley missed time with a hamstring injury. So while those two guys were out, um, Dante Johnson was getting a ton of time with the starters. And then he played zero snaps against the Chargers. And I don't think he played against the Raiders either. And so to me, it was like, all right, they're concerned about their depth. They know what they have in Dante Johnson. He probably doesn't need to play in the preseason. He's been getting a lot of reps with the starters. Like they're fine with him. So I was a little bit surprised it wasn't him. And maybe Johnson's somebody they do bring back. Um, you know, he's a candidate to, to bring back when when Hurst or if somebody else goes on IR, um, maybe Dante Johnson does come back in that situation. But it makes sense to have a veteran there with Ambry Thomas and Diamondor Lenore because, you know, you, you just you, you do want to have a veteran there in case Red right. Mosley or, or even K1 Williams can't play. Um, so I guess Devonte Harris is that guy. And I guess they feel better about him than Dante Johnson. And I think the feeling that they have for, you know, the feelings about Harris stem from basically what they saw on tape during his mm-hmm. previous stops with Cincinnati and Denver and Baltimore. Yes. Uh, less so than like what he did during training camp or in the preseason. Um, and I'm sure that, I mean, that's, that factors into it, I'm sure. But it was that I think Devonte Harris, along with Tom Compton is those, those are probably the two biggest surprises I would say when looking at this 53 let's let's move on to the safety spot now where no surprises here it's jimmy ward jaquaski tart talanoa hufanga and tavon wilson those are the four safeties i don't have a ton on this jaquaski tart probably the starting strong safety week mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. you think it's tavon i kind of think it's hufanga Really? I kind of do. Wow. I kind of do. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what happened was Jaquaski Tart told the team that he felt fine. There, there were a lot of questions about when he would come back coming off his turf toe injury. And mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, you know, the, early in August, just painted it as a situation where, you know, we have no idea when Tart's going to come back. And so when they were in L.A., and this may or may not be related, but when they were in L.A. and Talano Hufanga was getting all the reps with the starters and playing pretty well there uh, in the joint practices with the Chargers and in the preseason game, all of a sudden Jaquaski Tart felt fine or felt good enough to return to practice and then came back and practiced pretty well. I think he was moving really well. Um, the thing with Tart is he gives you versatility in that you feel a lot better about him playing like single high when they need to, when they, when they switch their safeties, like mm-hmm. you feel better about him sort of in that role because he does have good speed. 
than maybe some of the other typical strong safeties you see in the scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Tart's versatility is definitely one of his calling cards, but obviously this is a guy who's basically missed half his games over the last three or four years. He's played 36 games the last four years. Yeah. So he's, you know, the, the injuries are a real issue, but um, I think it's a good development for their depth that he did make the team. And Tavon Wilson is, is a, a trusted veteran, somebody who's been around a long time, played for the Patriots for a little while and, um, and, worked, and worked under Corey Unlin, the, the secondary coach with the Lions. So, you know, he's a, he's a veteran who, who they think could start if they need to. I don't know that he's necessarily a plus starter but he's probably a replacement level starter. And I think Hufanga is sort of the wild card, right? Like, you know what you get with Tart. You know, Tart can be, when he's healthy, he can be an adequate to good, strong safety for you. But Hufanga might have the highest ceiling of that group. Mm-hmm. And the way they talk about Hufanga, like, they don't, they don't, they don't say rookies are, like, really in the mix for starting jobs all that often, unless, like, they really, right. really mean it. And Hufanga, that's the way they've been talking about him. And he's been getting reps. Um, he's been showing up. He's he's made plays. He had a really nice pressure on a blitz. Um, I think it was a third down play against the Raiders on Sunday. So, yeah, I, th- I think who it, it's going to be interesting because there's, there's a case for any of those three guys to start. I think, you know, maybe Tart just because familiarity, right? Like he doesn't mm-hmm. need a ton of practice time because he's been around in the scheme. He's been with the team for, what, six, seven years now? Um, but it wouldn't at all surprise me if they just say Hufong is a starter and then you have Wilson and Tart really sort of mixing in. Maybe, maybe Tart comes in in dime situations. Um, and when they go to like a three safety look, but, um, I, if you were handicapping it, if you were handicapping it, who would be the favorite? You're handicapping this for money, not just for the pot. Um, or is it even money across the board? Are you going to cop it? Are you going to do oh, a comment? Man, I guess Tart would have to be the favorite. Okay. Hufanga would be second and Wilson would be third. Don't ask so me Tart to like, make Tart, the odds. Tart maybe like minus 100. Hufanga maybe like plus 125. Yeah. And Wilson like plus 180 or whatever. Okay. That, no, that that's good. Right. No, those that no, those are those are good numbers. Okay. That um, tracks for you. Yeah. No, that Gambling definitely tracks. Kyle Madsen. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Definitely. Uh, I was wondering if we had a sponsor I could shout out, but uh, I don't think uh, we do right now. Anyways, um, and then specialists, at Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, Tabor Pepper tweeted something, though, that I want to shout out. Friend of the pod, Tabor Pepper. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's ever been with a team through an entire camp and then made the team. Yeah, good for him. And now his next goal is to be on a team for an entire season, which he has yet to do in the NFL, despite graduating from college six years ago and despite leaving college six years ago. So you'll remember when he came on the pod, he talked about how much he hated the the craft beer scene and, and people who enjoyed craft beer. Mm-hmm. And he asked for some candlestick chronicles, uh, hazy IPA from Cooperage. Wow. So Tabor wow. Pepper, did you tell him, did you tell him where he could stick it? I did not. Where could he stick it? Right up where the sun don't shine. Wow. Wow. Talking um, trash about craft beer. Well, no, he he wanted to he wanted to support. He wanted to he he knew there was a, a charity aspect involved, so he asked for some. Um, I'm still waiting for his review. Uh, I haven't heard 
I haven't heard his review of the beer, but um, I know he got a four pack of it. So Tabor, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but if, if, <laughs> if you stumble across this, uh, shoot me a DM. Let me know what you think of the beer. Uh, it, here, since he, I would put since we're laying odds. Yes. He does listen is going off at plus 8,000. No <laughs> is minus 2,500. Um, if you're listening to this, tweet at him and ask. Yeah, tweet at Tabor Pepper and, and tell go. him to tweet about the, the Candlestick Chronicles beer. See if he liked our beer. Hopefully he did. It'd be bad for the brand if he didn't. Um, and that's the 49ers 53-man roster and our thoughts, our takeaways. Yes, and we will uh, pod again. It's Tuesday as we're recording this. We'll pod again later this week. Yeah, we'll we'll begin our our, our dive kind of look ahead. To, yeah, our, our look ahead to the regular season. Maybe a, maybe like a bold predictions pod, and Ooh. then we'll get into we'll get into. I, I'm I think this year one of my goals with the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed yet, please, please do. Um, I, I my goal is to do more guest stuff during the season you know, game previews and recaps and stuff with other writers or radio people or podcasters from from the 49ers opponents. Yeah. And Into um trying to get trying to get more perspective of of who the 49ers are, are playing against. So gonna be a really fun season. We have a roster and we are one step closer to kickoff on September twelfth. And I am super excited. I can't wait. Absolutely. I'm going right. to jet out. I got to go to this Dwight Clark event. But, uh, you do that. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll talk to you guys later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.